great. Well, we are in a, a Advent series of messages, and uh, we're focusing on the fact that Christmas is not just about a Savior that came to save, but a King who came to rule. Jesus' coming was not just convenient for us because it made it so we could go to heaven, but his coming was all about a new order, a new reality, a new way of life. When we, when we come to Jesus, we don't come to a religion, we come to a kingdom. It doesn't just change our belief system, it changes our value system. The Gospels are clear about the kingship of Jesus. And maybe, maybe you haven't read the Gospels through that lens, but let me encourage you to read them again. Read the Gospels and just pay attention to how often it talks about the kingdom of God. It's everywhere. As we said last week, the coming of a king had long been announced, had long been prophesied. The Magi came from Persia to come and, and seek the one who had been born king of the Jews. Matthew's gospel begins by stating, and let me, uh, let me just flick, flip down to our week title today. I said last week that uh, each one of our titles would be a, a, a line from a Christmas carol lyric. So let, let earth receive her king. It's our message today. Matthew's gospel begins by stating that he is presenting a written genealogy of Jesus the anointed one. That's king language, if you didn't know. It was kings that were anointed. Kings, kings were anointed to be kings. Priests were anointed to be priests. Jesus, the anointed one, son of David, again, king language. He's a descendant of the greatest king in Israel's history. The son of Abraham. We're not going to read all of the begats in the genealogy that Matthew gives us. Everybody say, phew, right? Um, but the last two verses of his long genealogy says this, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. There's that, that literally means the anointed one. There's that word again, king language. Thus there were, it, it goes on to say, thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. Isn't it interesting how God laid out human history? Very intentionally, very purposefully. But who starts a story with a genealogy, right? 
Who starts a story? If you're going to capture people's attention, who starts a story with a genealogy? But, but Matthew is pretty, a pretty good storyteller through the rest of his gospel. Um, he must know that it isn't the best way to capture people's attention um, with a genealogy. But in first, his audience of first century Jewish people, it was the best way to capture their attention. Because they valued their ancestry and everyone was waiting for this King Messiah anointed one that was to come. And Matthew, this was Matthew's way of saying, he's here. He's arrived. He's come. This is him. This is the king we've been waiting for. This is the one foretold for centuries. He's here. And Matthew goes out of his way to make it clear that Jesus was born from a royal line and he is king. One of the most important reasons the Jewish people had been waiting for their Messiah King is that when he came, he would fix everything and make all that was broken, put all that was broken back together again. And everything that needed restoring would be made right. The Jewish people had a word for this state of being, being made right. And it was the word shalom. Oh, my thought goes, shalom, there we go. We often translate this word shalom as peace. But our, our modern ideas of peace are very narrow, right? When we talk about peace, we talk about peace deals and peace treaties and, you know, uh, stopping wars and conflict and that kind of thing. But the, the Hebrew idea of shalom was much, much deeper and richer. It means whole, complete, restored, at rest, prosperous, fulfilling one's purpose, a very rich and meaningful word that meant being the way things are supposed to be, right? What I would love for Christmas, of course, we hear this all the time, what I would love for Christmas is world peace, right? But not just wars ending in Gaza and Ukraine and other places, but but for people to discover what it means to have shalom on the inside of them. So that no matter what happens in the world around them, they would have a deep and unshakable peace. People look for peace in all kinds of ways. People meditate thinking that they'll find peace inside of them. But even though the human heart longs for peace, our hearts are, are full of turmoil. 
Some people pay big bucks to go to spas thinking they'll find peace in a hot tub and a massage. Others cut people out of their lives who disagree with them thinking that they will find peace if they surround themselves with like-minded people. But all, all that gets them is a, is a clone club, right? A, a phony sense of peace. But real peace, the kind that we were made to live in, the kind that the human heart craves, doesn't come from any of those places, but it comes from the presence of God. It is a heavenly reality that sin disconnected us from. Shalom is the natural atmosphere of heaven. Romans 14 verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. In other words, it's not, a, it's not about rules that you keep and force on other people to keep. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The culture of a kingdom flows from its king. Have a good and a kind king. And the kingdom will be a wonderful place to live in. But put a tyrant on the throne and the culture of the kingdom will be one of suspicion and fear. The reason that peace is one of the defining characteristics of the kingdom of God is that it is one of the defining character traits of the king. Shalom flows from God's rule because it flows from God himself. Our God has never been rattled or startled or scared or overwhelmed a day in his life. But he lives in a state of shalom peace. Psalm 29, verse 10 to 11 says, The, the Lord, Yahweh, sits enthroned over the flood. When the Bible talks about flood, or, or the waters, or the oceans, it's a symbol always of chaos. The chaos of the world without God. And so it doesn't just mean he sits on a chair above the water, but it literally means he is king over the chaos of this universe. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Because in the midst of the flood and the chaos and everything that's going on in this world, God sits above it enthroned and he is unshaken and unshakable. He has peace within himself and he gives peace to those who are his children. Another verse 
Psalm 119, verse 165, says, Great peace have those who love your law, who th- those who are, who are good citizens of the kingdom, right? And nothing can make them stumble. We're meant to live as people of peace, people that we can't be tripped up by the stuff that comes at us, right? But that comes from being the kind of people who love the king and live for him, right? We read this, these verses last week when we talked about hope. We talked about God being our, Jesus being our king, the, the, the king that was to come. Here we are again. Uh, for, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. We said last week that's, that's a prince. And the government shall be on his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, of his rule... God's kingdom is not shrinking, folks. God's kingdom is not in retreat in this world today. Of the increase of his rule and his peace, there will be no end. His kingdom and his peace are expanding their borders and their territories into the lives of more and more people. So what have we learned so far? The peace, true peace, comes from God. It flows from His rule. It is given as a blessing to those over whom He reigns. So there is an ever-expanding circle of peace moving out from the King to encompass those who embrace His rule. Jesus is king of all, but not, uh, but only those who receive him as king and embrace his rule actually get to experience the benefits of his kingdom. You follow that? He's king of everything, but only those who have bowed their knee to the king and have entered into his kingdom get to experience the benefits of his kingdom. Thus, the prayer in, the, in our carol title for today, let earth receive her king. Right? It's our prayer that, that the earth, that those in our world today would receive their king. Jesus went, verse, uh, Matthew 4, verse 23. It's the beginning of Jesus' ministry. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness 
among the people. Jesus didn't just go around preaching the gospel, but he went around preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He didn't just declare good news, but he declared good news of the kingdom. It's a certain, a special kind, a certain kind of good news. He wanted the world to know there's a new king. There's a new rule. There's a new reality. There's a There's a new order. And then he went around displaying what that kingdom looks like as he healed broken lives. Similarly, no, I didn't put it there. Um, In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus, again, another gospel talking about the beginning of Jesus' ministry, Jesus goes to the, um, the synagogue in his hometown, Nazareth. He's invited to be the guest speaker that Sabbath, that sun- Saturday. So he steps up to the pulpit. Luke says he opens the scroll to the book of Isaiah And reads these words. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me. There's that king language again. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The new order is here. Right? Everything will change when my kingdom comes. Peace is not just a state of mind or being, but it actually should change the environment around us. If we are people of peace, if we are kingdom people, if we are people of the peace of God, the shalom of God, then it actually should affect the environment around us. We are meant to bring peace into the lives of others by the peace that we carry. We are not meant to be thermometers. We are meant to be thermostats, right? We got a big old thermometer on our deck outside. And this time of year, I look outside every day before I step out because I probably need a hat, But I want to check and make sure, so I check the thermometer on the deck, and sure enough, I need a hat, so I put a hat on. Now, if I had my choice, that would be a thermostat, and I'd crank the thing, you know, up, and, and, and the deck would heat up, and the area around it would heat up, and, you know, I wouldn't need a hat. We're not meant to be thermostat, thermometers being affected by the atmosphere around us, but we are actually meant to be carriers of the kingdom of God 
affecting the places where we go. So where do we get this life-changing, world-changing peace? Well, we get it from Jesus. We get it from Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the source of peace. He is the King whose kingdom of peace flows into and through our hearts. When we have given Him allegiance and obedience, Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. I'm not, I'm not giving you some phony, fake world kind of peace. I'm giving you my peace. My peace I give you. So don't let your hearts be troubled. And don't let them be afraid. Ephesians 2.14 says, He Himself is our peace. Romans 8, verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Peace is the fruit of a life governed or ruled by the Spirit. If you wonder on days where your peace went, and I'm sure all of us have those days, When you wonder where your peace went, ask the question, who is governing my mind today? Is it my flesh or is it the Spirit? Who's my king today? Is it me or Jesus? Because the reality is that all too often, you and I, crawl back up on the throne of our lives and try to be in charge again. On the days when Jesus is our king, we walk in peace. In fact, Colossians 3:15 says, "Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called Peace. Peace is our peace is the the environment of the kingdom. Peace is what we are called to. It's the culture and atmosphere that we are called to. So let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That word rule in the Greek is a sports term for a referee or an umpire. And so think of it like this. When you suddenly, it it suddenly seems that your peace is gone. 
as you're racing through Walmart trying to get last-minute stuff or whatever you're doing, right? You suddenly feel like your peace is gone. Think of it like the Holy Spirit blowing the whistle because you're out of bounds. You have stepped out of your peace. You have stepped out of Jesus being king. The good news is, it's really easy to get back in. We repent. Jesus, I'm sorry. I tried to crawl up on the throne today, and it wasn't working. Sorry. It's yours. Take it. I trust you. Lead my life. And we will find that peace returning. It's a promise. You will find that peace returning because he's the prince of peace. And his kingdom is a kingdom of peace. Almost done. I can't smell the turkey at the moment, but my stomach's starting to do things that tell me it's down there. Those of you who have been around the Bible and preaching for a while, you've, you've heard this. You've seen these, these verses. Rejoice starts a, few, a couple verses before this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. It means choose joy. That's, that's next week's message. We'll talk about that more next week. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Everybody say, every situation. Right? In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. The principles of the kingdom, we put them into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. In every situation, you come to God. You tell Him what's going on. Express our need with thanksgiving. Right? What does that mean? It means when we come to God, we don't come to Him as if He's some kind of grudging, withholding, grumpy old man in the sky. But we come to a Father who loves us and we know He has promised to care for us and He has our back and He has our lives in His hands 
and he knows what he's doing. So we come to him with thanksgiving. God, I'm thankful because I know you're already with me. I know you're already at work. And the peace of God will guard your, that transcends understanding, right? It's the, it's the throne above the waters. It's the king above the chaos. The peace of God that transcends understanding, that doesn't make sense in every situation, but it's there. Will guard your hearts and your minds, those minds that are governed by the Spirit. Guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And then, Paul goes on to say, right, to think on certain things. Let our minds be focused on, on, the, on the truth, not the lies. On the hope of Jesus, not the lies of the enemy. As we fix our minds on the things that are true and noble and good. Not only will the peace of God guard our minds, but the God of peace will be with us. Wow. These are amazing promises, folks. Peace is not some unattainable something that we have to keep chasing all of our lives, but we are actually offered peace by Jesus our King. Let's stand and ask the worship team to come back. I want to I want to ask you a couple questions as we conclude this morning. Um are you prepared Are you prepared to be a thermostat instead of a thermometer this winter? Right? Are you prepared to be a thermostat this winter? You can set the climate at work, at the coffee shop, at your connect group, even at family Christmas dinner. the enemy is going to want to get you to slip back into old patterns in those places. That's what he does. When we go back to those places, we go to work where we've always functioned a certain way, or we go to the coffee shop where we've always joked a certain way. Go to those family dinners where everybody expects us to play a role behave a certain way the enemy wants us to to get us to slip back into old patterns and habits the 
Jesus is calling us to peace. He's calling us to walk in, to walk under the, the rule and leadership of the King. To have minds governed by the Spirit. To think kingdom thoughts and have kingdom attitudes. And when that happens, the people around us will be surprised that we don't react the way we did last year. It's not as easy to fire us up as it used to be. Because we're living from a place of peace. In every situation, are you going to let anxiety take over? Thinking that you can crawl back up in the throne and control the situation? That's what anxiety is, is thinking, I've got to control this. And we can't. And anxiety takes over, right? Or are you going to let Jesus be king and let him lead and trust him with it? And then in place of anxiety, the peace of God, which doesn't even make sense in the situation, will permeate your heart. Let earth receive pray that together. One, two, three. Let earth receive her king. Do that one more time. One, two, three. Let earth receive her king. Amen. Amen. Let's just respond for a moment. Let's worship is putting Jesus in on the throne of our lives. It's saying, Jesus, you belong up there, not me. Right? So let's just take a moment and do that. We declare his worthiness this morning. Oh, come, let us
Maybe you stand here and sometimes this can be a reality in our lives where we don't even sense and feel the presence of God. And we can be jealous of the person beside us and we, and we notice that they're enjoying peace and joy. I want you to know the Lord is not one who just selects a few for peace and joy. He wants all of us to enjoy that today. If you need a breakthrough today, you need Jesus to touch you afresh, to give you peace, this is your opportunity. If you need a breakthrough, I would ask you to come today and members of the breakthrough team will pray for you to help you through to victory. We're just going to ask now God's blessing upon the food. Well, God bless you, and we hope you can stay for the meal. You have a great day.